It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. And today we're answering your Twitter questions. Uh, but we want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. I'm excited. Uh, you know, tough matchup this week. Obviously, we. It seems like whenever we win, we switch our focus to the next team like so quickly. It's, it's just it's the NFL, funny. right? It's just the yeah. way the league works. It's it's. But it's funny that like when we lose, we have like all this like we're still just obsessing with ourselves about what happened, what went wrong, and now yeah. it's like, ah, oh, we won. Let's let's. When's our next win coming? That's like, exactly what the NFL is. It's why those losses always sting more than wins feel good, right? It's true. That's a good win true. only lasts about a day, and then you're moving on. So, uh, all right, Landon, let's get to some questions. Um, the first one, we're going to have a preview later on this week, just letting you guys know, probably Friday. Uh, crossover's coming out on Thursday. But question from at Ball from Grace. He wants to know, what sort of coverages do you expect Dan Quinn to utilize to slow down the Chiefs? Well, I, I imagine it's going to be a lot of what we've seen, you know, a lot other teams use against the Chiefs, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of too high stuff or at least uh, uh, giving too high looks pre-snap and then, you know, potentially rotating out of those looks. Uh, that seems to have been what has been giving Mahomes the most trouble. Um, I, I also think that the idea of kind of playing that shell look uh, and and daring them to run is kind of playing into your hands a little bit of, of what you want this <laughs> Chiefs offense to do against you. So uh, I would imagine that you know we'll see a bunch of combinations of stuff. I mean that's kind of been Quinn's mo, but I d- I would not be surprised to see a, an uptick in in middle of the field open coverages, uh, daring Kansas City to kind of run ag- against this front, which I know sounds scary, scary to Cowboys fans, but it, it might be better than the alternative. And it also will force uh, Kansas City to play kind of patient football, which is something that they have struggled with at times. I mean, I think Mahomes was a little bit better at it last week, but overall, uh, you know, they have struggled to be as consistent in moving the ball methodically down the field uh, as opposed to like, you know, taking huge chunks with Hill and, and Kelsey and that sort of thing. What you really want to do in this game is to get into as many third downs as possible. The Chiefs yeah. actually have the most first downs this uh, this year. They're averaging like 30 first downs a game, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and they're one of the best teams at turning a first down into another first down. So if you can get to third downs and basically make it a 50-50 you know, game where, all right, hey, you're going to have to throw to Tyreek Hill 25 yards down the field to get your first down. Okay, that's fine. I, just get to third downs and probably by playing some light boxes and daring the Chiefs to run probably is the right strategy here. Yeah, and, and I mean, not to make it any uh, uh, scarier, but the Chiefs are also probably the best third down team in the NFL. Yeah. But 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 that is still the best way to do this, Correct. right? Is to try to get them 
to limit the chunk plays because that's ultimately what they want to do. They want to go down the field. And that's, you know, the kind of been the difference between this year and previous years is that they were, they lived off chunk plays, or at least that's mm-hmm. a good portion. It's not that their offense isn't any good anymore. It's just that it's, it's difficult uh, to consistently move the ball down the field and be balanced and take advantage of one specific area that the defense is providing for you. And this is why, the Staley defenses have become popular is that they, the, the idea is that they understand that all defenses have weaknesses, but the yeah. difference is, is that the Staley yeah. defense is specifically providing a weakness that they want you to exploit as oppo- opposed to exploiting big plays down the field and that sort of thing. So Kansas city has been built to, you know, in that kind of previous iteration of, of great offenses where attack, 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 attack down the field, down the field, down the field, the question is, can they uh, have that same level of success while being methodical, including their run game, because that's mm-hmm. something that is going to be an advantage that's going to be provided for them, uh, and and consistently converting third downs without getting as much opportunity to throw the ball 20-plus yards down the field. All right, this next question actually kind of ties into that one, but uh, it's from JJ. He said, are the Cowboys better off running the ball down the Chiefs' throat and winning the time of possession battle, or – are they better off playing the pass first and trying to score often and fast? You know, it's interesting because I, I could easily see it either way. I mean, I think that the Cowboys have got to score points. Like that's absolutely without a question. Um, but I also think that it's important to find a way to control the clock as well and just mm-hmm. keep Kansas City off the field. So I honestly think that the the team that's going to have the most success because because likely Kansas City is going to play a very similar defense they are. game I plan think the that same we're thing. talking. Well, they're going to be doing the same thing. They're they're not going to want Dallas to to be scoring fast. They're going to want them to use up as much time as possible, right? But the difference is, is the Cowboys I think are a much more are a much better team at being methodical because uh, they I'm are a more balanced offense in my opinion. Well, you know, they I think are... they have a more patient quarterback. Not necessarily a better quarterback, but I think Dak can make a living off of 5 and 6 yard throws to Dalton Schultz and to CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard, right? Like he he's kind of done that his whole career where listen, if you have if I I, I truly wonder like how many 10 play drives does Patrick Mahomes have in his entire career? Probably yeah, not I mean, as many as you think. That's probably a good point. And, and you know, and honestly, this is another example of the ills or the things that we disliked about the Garrett administration actually providing a benefit for the Cowboys in modern day. One of the things we talked about earlier was the diverse run game that the Cowboys inherited mm-hmm. uh, after years and years of, of running a Garrett system that they just have ingrained in them. They don't have to kind of reteach in order to learn. The other thing is that this offense, you know, due to the play calling at times, was consistently having to be methodical and drive yeah. and drive mm-hmm. down the field when they weren't being aggressive before. So they're they're very Dak specifically is very comfortable with having to do that if need be. I think the other big thing here is that the Cowboys have a much better run game than the Kansas City yes. Chiefs do, uh, and I think that that is something that is it's going to provide more opportunities uh, to to kind of be methodical to allow them to be methodical by putting them into better situations. You know, they don't, you don't need to establish the run, but running the ball uh, uh, to mix it up, you know, while you're being uh, efficient in the passing game is a good way to kind of continue drives. And sometimes it, it's good to have it there when you need it for sure. And I think that's, in, in, and if anything, 
if you don't believe me, look at what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. There have yeah. been times when they needed to run the football to continue drives and they couldn't do it. So I think that's really the big difference there is that, you know, if you're talking about a pure explosive pass offense, you know, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. The Cowboys are in that league for sure, but the Chiefs are, are probably, you know, still historically one of the greatest explosive pass teams ever. But the difference is the Cowboys are maybe a more balanced team on offense and defense, but also just on offense, the what, what they can do and what they're what, what they are able to do inside of that kind of shell defense that are likely both teams are going to face on Sunday. The Cowboys can utilize early down runs and not have it feel like they're throwing away plays. That's not necessarily the case for the Chiefs, right? If they're trying to run the ball a lot on first and second down, that's when they get in trouble because they're just not great at it. They can do it every once in a while, but to consistently do it, to do it over the course of an entire game, I don't know if that's a strength of theirs. Um, Dallas can get, punish you with the run. I don't think Kansas no. City will punish Even you. Even Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is supposed to be back this week. I, don't, I actually don't think that's the type of running back the Cowboys are going to struggle with, right? I agree. He's more of a passing down back that can do stuff out of the draw game, screen game. I don't think that's what's going to kill Dallas in this one. So, uh, all right, we're going to get some more questions, but I want to tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents get per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is promo code TOUCHDOWN. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Landon, let's continue into some of these questions. Uh, this one from Dylan. He wants to know, do the Cowboys have a drop problem? It seems like every game, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, and, and Dalton Schultz are having multiple drops. I don't really consider drops to be a problem. You know, I I, I don't – I mean, not just I, – I don't, I don't consider drops to be a problem universally. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think drops happen in the NFL. Uh, there's been very few times when – the squeeze has not been worth the juice with drops, you know, where, yeah. where somebody has been so bad at drops that it's, it's, it's made them unusable. It's going to happen. I mean, Cooper basically went all, the whole half season without a single drop. So, uh, and then we couple... that he had to drop the next game, by the way, just pointing What'd that out. Say? He said, we said that on the podcast before the Bronco game and then he dropped one. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no doubt. He definitely we're, had we're I mean, so good. The jinx is here. Yeah. We've really got it down. Um, I you know I think with Pollard yeah he's dropped I think a, a couple passes the last two weeks but uh, yep. yeah I, I don't really generally worry about drops because it's kind of statistically washes out in the long run. Uh, I agree with you. It's not a big deal. I think honestly what it is is these guys know that if they catch the ball there's going to be a lot of open space and they're all yeah. really good after the catch. Seems like that's what's happened to Michael Gallup and he even said it like he saw a wide open field and he was just trying to get his head around as quick as possible. Uh, 
Pollard too. Yeah, I, I think you've seen it with. I think Cooper's drop was different, but I mean, you've seen it with. But basically, anyone who's dropped it is. It's mostly they're so wide open. They're trying to figure out what they're doing next with the ball. So uh, yeah, yeah I, it usually ends up okay. All right, we've got three Connor McGovern questions, and they're all different. So we're going to do these in rapid fire. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Ready to go. All right, first one. How do we get Connor McGovern on the Pro Bowl ballot for a fullback? Uh, I wrote his name in. That's how I okay, plan on that's, doing it. That's a that's a really good one. Uh, next one. Who catches a touchdown first, Connor McGovern or Noah Brown? Well, Connor McGovern, because I mean, there's not like an insistence by you know folks to to get Noah Brown a touchdown. I think there's there's an emphasis there for Connor McGovern. <laughs> Poor Noah Brown. He's way too good of a receiver to be mentioned with a offensive guard in terms yeah, of Yeah, that's the guns. thing. It's 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 almost like an insult to Noah Brown. It's just it like is Noah, an Brown will, to Noah Brown, but Noah Brown will get a touchdown. I just think it's they're they're they don't need to they're not focusing on trying to get him a touchdown like maybe they are with Connor. Yeah. Uh last one. Uh with Mike McCarthy's recent comments about Connor Williams basically just saying we've got a very competitive offensive line room and the penalties have to stop. Do you think Connor McGovern will get a chance to start a few games before the season ends? I mean, if he does, I think it'll be at center. It won't be a guard, in my opinion. I, I don't I know. Beyonce I think was good this game, though. I thought Connor Williams was good in this game. I, you know, the like penalties are ridiculous. He's getting the, he's getting picked on by some of these. But yeah, that's the that's the thing, right? Is that anytime anybody brings up penalties to me uh, uh, on with Connor Williams, I'm like, have you guys been watching the officiating this year? Like, there's a reason we've been complaining about this, and frankly, all of Connor Williams's you know uh, penalties are all these objective you know, holding calls, which are oftentimes BS. I mean, look, it's hard to take the holding calls seriously when I have witnessed three or four holding calls specifically on Tyron Smith that literally the league came out this year and told us was not holding anymore. Yeah. So like they can't even follow their own rules. So to try to punish the players for, you know, questionable referee calls, I I think if you take that stuff out of the, out of the way, I think Connor Williams has played pretty good football this year. I would agree. It's just, I mean, the pre-snap penalties need to be cleaned up. Now, I don't think he has very many of those. I, if, if that was the issue, it was a lot of false starts and whatever, not lining up correctly. Missed assignments. or That know, I can understand. But, man, subjective holding calls or chop blocks, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we're getting a little bit too much in the weeds here. He got called for a chop block when he fell down. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's fine. Like, it, like honestly – I'm going to complain about the refs when they're bad, but at the same time, like I, I, you can't really complain about the refs being bad and then also complain about Connor Williams, not, yeah. you know, <laughs> not getting by on these bad refs. Like it's, it, it's hard to blame him for that, for stuff that seems like terrible refereeing error. Um, all right. Next question. Would you rather have Tyron Smith back for this game or do you have him sit out again to ensure that he's back for Max Crosby and the Raiders? So I'll actually answer this one really quickly. Please. Max Crosby almost exclusively lines up on the left side of the defense, which means he's going against the right tackle. So I don't think it really matters whether Tyron's back or not for that one, right? Um, if Tyron's healthy, you, you're going to play him. I just, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just, this is one of those things. It's like if he's 100% ready to go, you need to play him. I don't, I don't see why, what's the benefit of resting him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if he can play, he should play. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I I think that I agree there. I don't I, I, this the idea of like, I think this there's been like a you know a, a 
an NBA level of uh, of what's the terminology that they use in the NBA? Uh, uh, rusting. It's load management. Load management. Yes, yeah. I think uh, I think that that's you know there's been this transference by fans of both sports, but I you know if you're if you're healthy, you play. That's, if he's that's, healthy, he plays. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, all right, next question. When Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence finally return, does Micah Parsons go back to his regular position at linebacker? I would say he doesn't really have a regular position, right? No. Yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing is his regular position. Yeah. You know, it's this hybrid position of what's what's the game plan call for? Do we have packages that he's a pass rusher. We have packages where he's a linebacker. I don't know that that changes because you have – all that does is really upgrade the other players that he's playing around. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. really change where he's aligning. Now, you know, I think there have been games where we've been missing more defensive ends previously and he's gotten a higher percentage of defensive end snaps just simply because you need him there. Uh, but I think that was because of a conscious choice to deploy the packages in which he plays defensive end more often because of the personnel, which I know can kind of get – sounds like it's a little bit lost in the weeds but but i think right. the point being that his position is not ever changing his role in specific uh uh Game schemes or specific yeah. yeah personnel yeah. groups that that will change how often he gets deployed in those personnel groups may adjust based on uh, you know, game plan, availability of players, you know, need that sort of thing. So I don't think he's changing positions or, you know, he's going to suddenly go back to the linebacker room and, you know, Hey guys, I'm back. Like that's not really yeah. how it is. It's he's, yeah. he's, he's already doing both as part of his regular job. He has, you know, assignments within each of those personnel groups that he has to follow. And the only thing that's really changing is the percentage of time, a percentage of snaps that he's deployed in each one of those personnel groups. Yeah, this is a little bit off topic, but do you know how many plays the Cowboys have been in base this year? Base defense where it's four defensive backs, three linebackers, and four defensive I read linemen. this. I think it was four, right? Or, four. or ten? Yeah. yeah four? I was four. Was it four? Yeah, I mean, that shows you, right? It's like, I mean, nickel is not only the new base, it's it's – it's the new nickel and base. I mean, it's yeah. just that that's how often you're in that kind of, and, and again, I think that goes back to, you know, the Cowboys nickel personnel is, is like, that's like four different personnel groups. Like oh yeah. You know, when you say like nickel, that's, that's all encompassing, right? Because they have somewhere there's a big nickel out there where they have three safeties. They'll have somewhere uh, they'll change the cornerbacks that are out in the field. Sometimes it'll be Jordan Lewis out there. Sometimes yeah. it'll be uh, whoever I, it's just, they can do so many different things, right? And, and, and that's it, right? Is that they have like probably one base personnel group, maybe two, right? But they have probably five nickel personnel packages, yeah. right? So that's why that you, you're seeing such a high percentage is that it's not that they're just playing that one personnel group over and over again. It's that four or five of their personnel groups fall under the category of nickel just based on the number yep. of defensive backs that are on the field. All right, one more quick break. So we can tell you guys about Bet Online. It remains the number one spot for all the football and basketball action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from football, basketball, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. 
Also want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, last two questions, Landon. The first one, uh, at Ball from Grace wants to know, what are the odds that I can get the Cowboys to run a fake punt this week? It feels like the right week for Bones to pull one out. I would agree if the Cowboys punt. Yeah, I mean that's that's the the C is if they if they line up at a punt at all, it should, should only be to do fake. a fake punt. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't. I, I, mean, I do wonder with this team though, like if they're ever in a situation where it makes sense to fake punt, are you just better off keeping your offense out there anyway? It's like if it's a fourth and four. I'd rather just kind of have Dak out there doing it, right? The only time that it's beneficial is if if there's an element of surprise, right? And that's why it's it, – well, that's not necessarily even true. The only other time that it's beneficial is – and this is kind of getting into the weeds too. There's, there's a psychological element to faking punts a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because now your special teams coordinator has to start preparing for that when you face the Cowboys each week. Right. So yeah. I, I, and I think that's where bones is kind of, you know, breaking the mold a little bit is that, Hey, there's benefit into doing this and simply making the other team prepare for all of this. And and I think yeah. that that's a problem for the Cowboys opponents across the board is that, you know, when they face our offense, when they face our defense, when they face their special teams, they, there's just a lot to prepare for because the Cowboys do a, bunch of different stuff yeah. they use a bunch of you. different group players so I, I think that there's benefit there to, to doing it having said that though i don't think that this is the game to do it because no, david top this, but, yeah yeah the special teams coach for kansas city is really good as well like he's gonna have yeah. them prepared for all this stuff i think it might be in a couple weeks because i they play the raiders in in week 12 and that's richard Passaccia, who's really good as well don't but later on in the season maybe that's when you need it yeah, I, I again like I think as far as when you would run a fake punt to get like you absolutely need the 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 first down on a fourth, like it would have to be a situation where no one is really expecting yeah. it, you know. Otherwise, I think there are other times when we run fake punts simply just to have it out on tape and to make other teams prepare for it. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, let's just go for it on fourth down. We've I mean because the thing is is that it's not just that you get an extra down, you know to to potentially go for it it's that you you don't have that pressure on third down right like you get yeah. that extra you can extend your 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 in down uh, uh menu by having more options down the road right so third down can actually be more like a second down and Caleb Moore talked about that more today. he yeah. said we we kind of have the whole playbook open to us because we know we're, we're basically treating everything like four down territory. So I think that's why you're seeing maybe more second and 10 runs than we'd like to see is because they're not viewing it as a regular second down. It's, Hey, let's just get five yards here and we'll see what we do on third down. Then we'll go for it again. You know? Yeah. T- 10 yards on th- trying to get 10 yards in three plays uh, in the NFL is, is pretty hard. Trying to get ten yards on four plays is obviously a lot easier. easier. So it, yeah. it makes it makes your margin for error, and that kind of goes back to the drops thing too, right? Yeah. When you're aggressive and you're taking full advantage of that stuff, it, it mitigates 
mistakes. It mitigates yep. drops. It mitigates penalties because you have more opportunities to take a bite at the apple. All right. This last question, I actually know absolutely nothing about. So I, I need your input. And I'm, I'm oh, hoping you know this one as well. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, which is better, Texas barbecue or Kansas City barbecue? That meme, holy cow. I don't know if you saw that. I think Dave Hellman retweeted out the Reddit thing. That is going to start a war. Uh, uh, have you had Kansas City barbecue? I have. Yeah, okay. I, I actually spent some time in Kansas City. Uh, I had a friend who uh, who I was staying with and helping build a, a studio out in Kansas City. All right, City. so and explain so, to me the difference here because I want to know. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I think for, you know, mostly, you know, I consider – and look, I'm not a Kansas City barbecue expert. I've had it before and it's good. Uh, it, you are an expert, to, right? Yeah. I, I am a barbecue expert. I will <laughs> tell you, I'm just not a Kansas City barbecue expert. I would, it seems to me that Kansas City is more like, it's more like pit based. I, I can't, I can't speak like, I, I could say, just define very clearly like the difference between like North Carolina or Tennessee barbecue and Texas barbecue is Texas barbecue is a lot more beef. Right and and, to, and and North Carolina and the in the South it's it's more it's more pork and you, you get a lot more of that and I think that there's you know, there's crossover everywhere, but I, I think from what I understand Kansas City barbecue is mostly more pit based, um, you know I I think it's it's dish by dish but there is no way that anybody in Kansas City is making a better barbecue brisket than anybody in Texas like that's just not possible so, so it depends, I could be I wrong say. but it's from what I know a little bit about Texas barbecue is a lot of the rubs and stuff and the seasoning is just black pepper and salt, right? Like that's all they use on a brisket, right? In Kansas city, it seems like it's more barbecue sauce based foods. Yeah. Is that fair? That's probably fair. Like there's not a big uh, uh, sauce thing in, in Texas as much as there is in, in like, you know, that's actually what I North Carolina and Tennessee and some of those su- Southern barbecue spots, like they use a lot of the kind of, uh, vinegar based, if I'm not mistaken, like you know, you know sauces. Yeah, that I sort think it's sauce, right? I think that's the difference. Yeah. Kansas City is more sauce, and Texas is more dry rub, right? Yeah, and like I said, the the meat selections too. I, I think that's really you know what what is like a standard plate of barbecue may vary between in Texas and and See, that's, I do like Texas barbecue because it's all beef stuff. I mean, I love like you give me beef ribs and briskets and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm all in. I agree completely. So, so yes, we're, so, we're so we've answered that. Dallas clearly, or Texas clearly has better barbecue than Kansas City. Uh, and if you have questions, please send them to at Marcus underscore Mosier. Yeah, I would love to know. I, I'm fascinated by this because I love barbecue, but I'm in Pennsylvania where the barbecue is like sauce. That's basically it. You go buy a thing of Sweet Baby Ray's and you put it on whatever kind of dry meat you get from Walmart, and that's barbecue. You and Mark Zuckerberg, I swear to God. No, <laughs> it's not my fault. It's just the way it is up here. I'm sorry. No. It, it hey, yeah, I'm, listen, I'm all you Cowboys fans bad. out there, get some freeze-dried barbecue, and, and, and Marcus can post his address in, in, in on Twitter. <laughs> and you guys, please enlighten him on, on the, the beauty of unsauced barbecue, please. Yeah, I'm sure posting my address on Twitter will go over great. Uh, what, what could possibly <laughs> go wrong? Uh, I, I'm generally curious. So you guys, please let me know what you think. What's yeah. the difference between KC – uh, barbecue, Texas barbecue, Men- Memphis barbecue. I want to know, but uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in tomorrow. Crossover again, Friday, we'll be doing our game preview. You can follow the show on Twitter at locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCool BCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.